He's Ali Albarigo, and this is the School Owner Talk Podcast. Hello again, Dwayne Brummett here with Ali Albarigo, SchoolOwnerTalk.com. Good morning, Ali. Nice to be with you, sir. Good morning, and nice to be with you as well, man. How are you? Uh, busy, busy in, yeah. in a good way. Um, all around. Uh, I'm glad we decided to, uh, you know, kind of talk about life as a school owner, um, yeah. today because, uh, I, I think I need to vent a little, I need, uh, to discuss a few things a little and, you yeah. know, maybe you can give me some advice and, uh, yeah, you know what and, I mean? And vice versa. I mean, I think that we all, I think the people that comment when we do these type of conversations, they they're surprised at how honest we are about what we what goes on in our lives and what we have and what we do and how we feel, because every you know, face Facebook is like fake book, you know, um, you know, Instagram is, you know, instant gratification, Graham, like that kind of thing. And and trust me, I'm on both of them quite often. But it's like it's not real at times. Everyone is so everyone's doing so well. Everyone's making so much money. Everyone's having so much fun traveling the world. They're the happiest they've ever been there. Oh, you know, it's not true. It's not. Right. It's just not real. Well, you you're not happy twenty four seven. Otherwise, if you are, right. you're on something. You know. So yeah. And my teacher Tani Moda Sensei from Japan, when I was training regularly with him, he'd say like, "Look, and, and by the way, in my logo we have this thing, and mo most people think it's a lightning bolt, and it says Long Island Ninjutsu, and then it has like a lightning bolt, and then attaches to the word centers, but that's actually a heart monitor. And the reason why I have that in there is because uh, you know, in in Ninjutsu we say without the ups and the downs, you'll never know what life is all about, right? You know, once you're flatlined, everything is." like social media, it looks like everyone is so happy and it's all perfect. That's not real. That means that you're dead. It's not really happening that way. So it's so many things that we all go through that we deal with and, and so on. Yeah, exactly. I didn't know that about your logo. So I yeah. assumed it was something like a lightning bolt as well. Yeah. So yeah. now do you, I'm curious, do you um, educate your, um, you know, staff and then yeah. also your, your students and parents. And yep. I always say, in fact, whenever someone's like, Oh, Johnny doesn't want to do it or he's bored or what if he wants to quit? I always point to my big logo on the wall and I say, you see that line? It looks like it's a lightning bolt. I always say that's a heart monitor. And I said, you're going to, your kid is going to, if he, if he's going to attain black belt or they're going to attain that black belt, they're going to go through ups and downs. And that's what that is. That's a, that's a heart monitor up and down, up and down. I said, the problem is we, when people quit, they flatline. They're not, they're not happy anymore. They're not training anymore. They're not coming in anymore. So they flatlined and then they get bored and, or they don't return and, and that's it. That's the end of their journey with us. So that's why that logo was, it was well thought out. Yeah. I like that. I like that. Um, yeah, the ups and downs and everything. So I yeah. know, like, you know, I don't know about you, but you you speak to, I don't know, you speak to, let's say, 20% of your population every right. single year on quitting. And, mm -hmm. you know, I'm sure that logo comes up every single time. Absolutely. And, and dude, look, look, it, it's hard. Like, uh, I just had a conversation this morning with a parent that their child is autistic and has ADD. Sweetest kid in the world. 
has a little bit of issues with sensory stuff, which is tough in the martial arts because we're grabbing, we're holding, we're pinning him down, and he gets freaked out. Um, but he's come so far, and and the parents are happy with the results, yet he now is at a point where he doesn't want to do it anymore, so the parents are not going to renew him. And I was trying to just remind them of why they started in the first place and why our logo, that ups and downs, means everything. And I'm, I'm reading a really great book that you would absolutely love. I'm listening to it. But the one thing you wouldn't love is that they, they drop the F-bomb like every single sentence. Like I don't like cursing. And all it is is that, like I, I would love to be able to get a count on how many times they use the, the F word. Oh um, I would say it would probably be about, you know, 20,000 times already. Right. It's, but it's by Kenny Bigby, who is our friend. It's his friend that he was in the SEAL teams with. And, and Kenny's actually mentioned in his book. Oh, is he? Okay. Can't hurt me by David Goggins, but the new, new one is called never finished. And he talked just recently this morning when I was on my way to the, to go to breakfast, he was taught in the book, he was talking, they do an evolution, you know, like evolutions in SEAL training, they call their chapters evolutions. And then in between, he does a little podcast, you know, with his voice and he's being interviewed between each chapter. And he was talking about how in the SEALs, why they do what they do to you, like drown proofing, where they put you in the water and they make you swim, they make you cold, they make you hot. They do all those things build up the tenacity, the grit and the strength so that you learn rather than first impulse to quit, your first impulse is to dig in and find a solution. And I thought that to be so amazing. Yeah. Well, isn't that, um, I mean, I've never gone through SEAL training, obviously, but isn't that successful people in life as, you know, they hit the, hit the roadblock and they, they dig in, they find a way yeah. through it, over it, underneath it, around it. Um, or, or, or give up, but those aren't the individuals that that are going to win in the end. But yeah, yeah, well, not that I've never given up. Well, but look, think about how many people go into a SEAL cycle, right? To go into yeah. SEAL training, and only like a small portion. And some of them, like there, I remember I did training years ago in my school. It's called Shugyo. Like a Shugyo in Japanese means like you know, like pushing yourself and like total endurance. So we did like a twenty-hour training started in the evening, worked all the way through the night, no sleep all the way into the next morning. And um, I had like 40 people do it and only like maybe two or three lasted. But the the people told me afterwards, they said they were, they didn't want to quit, but they were praying that they would break a limb, pop out a kneecap or an elbow because they didn't want to quit. But if they broke something, they could be justified in stopping. Sure. Um, but eventually a good majority, if not, you know, uh, the majority of them all, all stopped because it was just too much. Um, but there were two people that made it through to the end. And that's kind of like the SEAL mentality. But I wish we could get more parents to understand that, more business owners to understand that. Sometimes, and I know, um, you know, you're, you, you got a friend and client, Adam uh, Lux, yep. who kind of mm -hmm. operates this way. I have thought about it you know, having a, the, the, the studio where it's, um, I know his is like a, a high, high price, right. Um, you know, but I, even, even like maybe in the front end doing a, a three month, um, you know, decent priced program. And then you have to make a commitment to second degree black belt and pay me in advance with no discounts. And, right. you know, I don't care if your kid wants to quit. I don't care if you want to quit you know, you're not getting your money back. And, you know, we're making, we're making a man or a woman out of you. Like, 
right. I, you know, and, and, and going through and, and spelling out everything like this, this is what I'm dedicated to do for you. This is your end of the bargain. This is what you're dedicating yourself or your kids, since they're going to make the commitment to, you know, on what you're dedicating to do uh, in order to achieve those things. Um, I, I, sometimes I so bad want to, move somewhere, not do that in my existing one, you know, my main school, right. but move, move somewhere, open up and only have like 50 students um, and, and charge a phenomenal rate, but give them the, for lack of a better term, elite training yeah, yeah. That, that, you know, that commitment would have to withstand if that makes sense. It, it totally makes sense. And don't forget though, I think that no matter what, cause even Adam deals with this, even though that his people are playing a uh, paying a high premium, he still gets flaky people all the time. Like where they're signed up for a three-year contract, they put a large amount of money down. Some of them are doing chargebacks. Some of them are uh, quitting and then they won't pay the balance. So he's getting more of the money up front because he has a big deposit and he's getting more money monthly for the period of time that they stay. But uh, he still has the same problems as we do. So here's how you get around that. You get, you get, uh, I only take your, your one-time payment and a cashier's check. Right, right. Yeah. Well, that's true. But how many people, I mean, can afford, you know, it'd have to be a very exclusive and, you know, and by the way, that's how you pay for college. You know, you don't, you know, you don't pay, you get financing if you want to pay it off monthly by a, a private institution, but you don't, uh, you know, you don't have the school finance it out. Yeah. I mean, gosh, is there a third party as a school owner that I could have as a financer and, and that, then, then there's no chargebacks. Yeah. Dude, the only thing that I, you know, that I find, like, I love teaching. I love helping people. I love having more students, right, you know, than, than just a few or 20 or 30 or exclusive 50 student school. I like having hundreds of students and all that. I think I'm able to impact more. The problem is, I, I think, in this day and age is that people don't have the morals and ethics that they used to. They you know, years ago, and I can only say this because I've been around for a long time, 32 years this year. So I've seen how people are and how they've changed. And I'm not being general at all. I just see it overall where um, I, I'll have a lot of people that just say, okay, well, I'm going to cancel my credit card. Like that's their solution. They're not honorable. Like they're not. And then they're for every, you know, every five of them, there's like one or two people that, you know, that are super honorable and look, I know my kid doesn't want to go. I'll still pay. And, and they'll do that. And by the way, people like that, I usually try to work with the other ones. I don't because they're the ones that are just like, screw you. And it doesn't matter what you've done for them, how long you've done it, you know, how, how many times you bent over backwards to oh, yeah. talk to the person, help the person, the minute they're done with you, they're done with you. And then they just move on. Yeah. Yeah. There's no honor anymore. Yeah. Very little, very little honor anymore where people will actually, uh, follow through with what they say they're going to follow or even be appreciative yeah. of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that when the martial arts became more mainstream, we became more professionalized. We started to treat our businesses, our schools as a business. Uh, people started to look at us as a business and they started to say, well, they're just like the sandwich shop or the catering hall or the, or the school system. Uh, they forgot about all the intricate details and values that go into martial art training and the ethics and the protocol 
an etiquette of martial arts. Yeah. I, 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 so when I'm with my instructor, he never has to pay anything. Right. He, I right. take care of everything, you know? Um, and I've got two instructors that I do that with. And I, I did not keep that tradition going. I don't need it, but I, I actually see a need for it. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. Look, I, I'm a very classical, traditional martial artist. Like I find more, almost as much value in the mental and spiritual teachings as in the physical teaching, right? I find that, and, and again, by the way, uh, this book that I was telling you about, Never Finished with uh, David Goggins, even though he's not a martial artist, he, or he may have done martial arts, but um, he talks about that loyalty and discipline too, that he learned in the military, that he learned from his grandfather, like that getting up at 5 a.m. and cutting the lawn and doing the chores before he took a shower to go to school. He hated his grandfather, but he learned so many things from them. I think that parents, I don't think, I know that parents nowadays want to protect their kids so much from what yes. they consider difficulties, um, what I consider lessons, right? You know, every time you strive and have to struggle and then you make it through to the other side, you learn a lot about yourself and your character develops, right? And most schools... We make our testing easier. Like I just talked to a client this morning who has a parent whose kid is bored. So they want him to do more to excite her. And and they ha the, the girl hasn't been promoted. Uh, so they're kind of making, you know, not threats, but kind of like saying, hey, well, maybe we could look somewhere else that maybe is exciting her and she'll get promoted more. And, you know, so he's now like, what do I do? And I'm like, you can't really bend over backwards and give them what they want. They have to learn that this is the way it is, you know? And unfortunately, that's there's a lot of people out there like that. Well, gosh, you just equate it to the fact that, um, well, do you want a diploma in college? If you're bored you're, you, and, and you decide to go, okay, I'll go over to this other college. I mean, they're going to still have standards too. Maybe those standards right. are lower, but you're still going to have to do the work or at least enough work to get the diploma. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. so why should you know, the quote unquote higher education or higher learning facilities be any different than us lowly karate people, right? I mean, come on. It, it's amazing. And, and you know what, like I have so much pride in what I do and I love the martial arts so much that I honestly believe, and I bet you 90% of the martial art instructors out there think the same way that this is the magic pill. You know, kid has ADD, we can help him. The kid's autistic, we can help him. If the kid has, you know, anger issues or an adult, we can help them. Through the martial arts, if they stick with it long enough, their lives will be transformed. And I used I, to believe that. Yeah, you used to know more. I came to the conclusion that I cannot help everyone. Mm. Uh, I thought I could help absolutely everyone that came yeah. through my door. That was a fantasy. And yeah. I was quite disappointed when I couldn't and I wore it like it was my problem. And don't get me wrong. I've created some of my own problems sometimes too, but now um, you look, if I've just come to the conclusion, I cannot help someone that's not willing to help themselves. Right. And there's freedom in that for me when I understood the fact that if they're not willing to do the work, 
and I am, there's a, there's an imbalance in this relationship and it is not my responsibility to get you to hold up your end of the bargain. So if right. you decide not to hold up your end, end of the bargain, it's not my problem. Right. And I, I would disagree with your statement, but I understand I, I think that martial arts can help everyone, but you're, I agree with you where you say that not everyone will get the help from it because they won't put the time in. But I do think that we have a magic potion, a magic pill the martial arts would, I haven't seen anyone that stuck with it long enough that, uh, that, that they haven't changed their life in some way for the better, but you're right though. And it's like, we have people, people are just so busy for their own good. Like, you know, they, they feel, especially parents nowadays think that they have to put their kid in 27 activities. They, they want their children to experience it all so that they can have, memories of those experiences but what they don't realize is they never one master anything they're not great because they're in four different activities they don't just enjoy you know in in my camps the most fun that the kids talk about is free play they love to just run around on my facility because i have a big acre of property fenced in with obstacle courses and all this stuff they love free play they love to hang out and pick up sticks and run around and they don't do that this much, uh, that much anymore. They don't have a chance. Like that's all I grew up on running through the woods. Like you had a bicycle, you built a ramp, you know, you built a tree fort, you built a, you know, you, you did all these things that were imagination based and, you know, just fun um, using physical skills, getting out off the couch nowadays. I mean, I, I detest when I see a parent and I understand why, but when I see parents at a restaurant, and they put up their digital babysitters, which is their iPads. And the kids just sit there on a screen. And I get it. Those parents probably want to go out to dinner and have some peace, but they're bringing their kids along and that's the only way they'll get it. But if they taught them properly how to act, then they'd get yeah. it as well. Well, and then taught them how to interact, you know, in those situations as well. So you're right. Yeah. Taught them properly how to interact, got them into the conversation so that they learn right. how to have a conversation, you know, not yeah. just conversations with a screen or interaction right. with a screen, they actually know how to talk and interact with the human being. And don't you find that to be the case when you go to different places and you have someone that goes, to, and look, it doesn't even have to be a teenager, by the way, it can be somebody in their twenties and right. you go to check out or to order something. And how many times have, have, have you walked up and they just, they stood there. Right. They didn't say hi. They right. didn't say, can I help you? They didn't say, what's your order? Nothing. Yeah. They waited for you to make the initial contact. Right. They're, they're used to, I think, they're used to the freaking screens. Right. And they do not know how to interact with a human being. Well, they're definitely not social, but they're no. on social media all the time. Like they interact where I've had kids sitting in my lobby waiting for class on their phones texting each other, like sure. sitting next to each other and texting. Um, I, I sometimes is guilty of that too. When I'm, I'm talking to my wife who's next to me, but her mom is sitting over there and we don't want her to hear what we're saying. But I mean, that's like, this is how they were communicating. 
So yeah. Rick, Rick Kellerman and one of our uh, uh, regular listeners, he wrote a few good things. He wrote, well, a well-known Kung Fu instructor created a live-in exclusive training center in the mountains where people would uh, live intensive martial arts learning and training and come out a, a few years of, and they come out after a few years as instructors. It, he says, it sounds like a dream, right? He says that school only lasted for a few years and it went out of business. Wow. Yeah. And then another thing he wrote, one of the things we face in martial arts training is that you will hit plateaus and get frustrated. But every time you hit that wall, it means you're on the verge of a breakthrough. Not everyone can do this time after time, but it is the process. And that's where the transformation occurs. Yes. Yeah. No, he's absolutely right. He's absolutely right. It's just, yeah, it's just frustrating. And I get it to a certain degree that, you know, um, I've quit on things. You know, I've been frustrated and, and then not followed through with stuff before. I mean, we all have to a certain degree and what level everybody's a little bit different, but it's just, yeah, it's just frustrating sometimes. It's so rewarding when you sit down with a, with a student and you talk to them. And, you know, one of my things is I just say this, I'm just going to tell you the truth that um, I've never, ever had a student who got to their black belt say, you know what, Mr. Brummett? I wish my parents would have let me quit. Mm. I would I would not have earned my black belt. Right. But 100% of the time, if the conversation comes up, 100% of the time, I've had former students say, I wish my mom or I wish my dad or I wish I would not have quit. Mm. Yeah, that I would have gotten at least my black belt, at least my black belt. And, you know, that's my closing line to those individuals that want to quit, you know, and, and I just tell them if that's, if that's the percentage, 100% of those people that I run into say that I can guarantee you that at least 90% in totality, if not a hundred think and feel the same way. Right. They don't change. Yeah, you know what? I, I once learned uh, from a friend of mine, a female friend of mine, uh, that, you know, women are more calculated. Once they've made a decision, there's no changing their mind. Men are less calculated. They'll, you know, they could say, hey, I'm going to break up with this girl. And he goes, they say to the girl, hey, we're breaking up. And she says, no, we're not. And he's like, oh, okay. You know, like <laughs> he's easily swayed. But women are like, no, I've, I've already have my new apartment. The furniture's being picked up in 20 minutes. We're moving out. You know, the bank accounts have been closed down. Like they already are much more calculated. They make decisions a little bit more harshly. And once they decide, they decide, but it takes them a while to decide. So right. I think that in regards to the quitting aspect for us um, in the school, they've made up their mind. There's really no changing it. So we have to become masters at finding the triggers before it actually happens. You know, lack mm -hmm. of attendance, lack of motivation, all of those things that we have to get it and we have to catch it before they get to the point where they've decided they're out. Yeah, I just, that's why I said, you know, 50, yeah, I guess even 100, but 50 students, you could do that with. You could have a personal relationship with all of them. You can, um, on a quarterly basis, meet with every single one of them and, right. and assess and reassess their goals. Um, like, man, there's just so much more that you could do with those individuals. And I, I guess, yes, if I have, you know, 200 students, do I influence 200 students? Yes, but I feel like I influence them broadly. 
But right. if I had 50 students, I influence them deep. Well, I, I, there's no doubt what you're saying is true, right? Because when your school was smaller, it was like, I, I equated, I once did a seminar for member solutions and I called it the levels of training. And I equated it to like a small family, right? That's your like, you always get together, your closest friends, you get together, you know each other's lives, everything is yeah. tight, right? And then you have an extended family, which you're still close, but they're not quite as close as all the, the inner circle, right? And then as you start to grow, you have to start thinking differently as a school owner because now you're communicating differently. They're not with you all the time. They don't see you. They don't know you. You don't know them as well. And then it becomes like a city, like a village, and then a city, and then a state. And then all of a sudden, you have this massive school, 150, 200 students or more, um, it's hard to get them all on the same page, rally them together. I would equate it to like church in a way, right? Like a good portion of the people in church uh, don't get involved with other than Sunday mass. But then there's a small inner circle that they do the fundraisers and the events and the barbecues and they're there for everything, right? It's the same concept. Yeah, we had a smaller church until it got until we built a bigger building years and years ago. And, and uh -huh. yeah, it was a much tighter knit family than when, you know, now that we have you know, like a thousand people every single Sunday, it's it's just massive. You know what I mean? Right. So how do you communicate other than during that time up on the pulpit and the sermon and, and whatever and communicate then when you have their attention and how many people are thinking of other things while they're hearing what you're saying? They're thinking of something else. I mean, I have it all the time. Like I, I just said uh, for my summer camp, I sent out an email yesterday with the flyer attached and in it, the dates for the camp. I have a lady text me and said, when are the dates? I'm like, it's on the flyer. It's in the email, like in the body of it. But here, here they are again. Let me give them like, I had to like say something, but I, I was nice know. about it, but I'm blown away with sometimes people don't even have the, and I, I get a little annoyed because they don't have the courtesy to read what I sent to them, um, but they'd waste more of my time by not reading what I sent to them that I prepared and took the time to do. And then they're going to ask me the question, expect me to give it to them the answer again. So that's a little frustrating at times. No, it's, well, it's a lot frustrating. Not a yeah. little, it's a lot. Yeah. Right, exactly. Um, did you see what uh, Rick had uh, posted? Which one? Uh, oh yeah, with Sensei Arango. Yeah, he's a great school owner. Um, yeah, I never met an adult who was glad their parents let them quit something as a child. Yeah, he's got a sign hanging in his school. That's beautiful. Yeah, yeah it's pretty, pretty awesome. That, yeah, he's got a very, very good school. Um, and uh, we talked about him not too long ago. I think we interviewed him on our podcast, you and I, mm -hmm. a while back. And uh, phenomenal teacher, phenomenal motivator, great, well-spoken, you know, great public speaker. Um, but yeah... It, that's a true statement. Like I've never, I, you know, I always run into people. I'm coming back. I'm like, it's been 15 years. You're not coming back, you know? Like well, okay. Let, let, yeah. Let me hop back really quick on, you know, like what, what you had talked about with regards to somebody asking a question that you really already had the answer to, but they just didn't look at it. Right. Right. So I, I try to train my staff to when a question comes in, to analyze that, like you need to answer the question, but analyze why they're asking the question. Right. Was it something that we weren't clear on? Mm -hmm. And so therefore they had to ask the question. 
Right. Or in like in your case, was it something that they didn't even read the information? Right. right. And, you know, so the rule of thumb is obviously read what the question is, but really try to read into why they're even asking the question in the first place. Yes. Yeah so that we can move upstream and solve that in the future. So I'll give you a quick, for instance, you know, we have our storm team. Um, you know, there was something in the manual that somebody had read and they asked our program director a question, you know, what does this mean? So it really needed some clarification. Now, when I wrote it, I know what it means, right? But the way that I wrote it really didn't clarify what, yeah. what it meant. So she brought that up to me. In fact, I'm bringing it up now because this was this was last night mm. and nobody else has brought it up to me, you know, but somebody did. And I asked her, I said, you know what, just screenshot that, like take a picture of it and then uh, slack it over to me so that I have it. And so I'm going to work on that. I got on my schedule, you know, that's on my schedule at some point where I'm going to block time out, really try to solve that. So that doesn't become a question anymore. Right, right. And and the reason I have my staff do that is to think for, to think about things so that that everything becomes as clear as it possibly can be, right? But then, if it was clear, there was no way except for the fact that like, they just didn't read the information. Um, Kate the end user or the client or prospect, whatever, educate them while you are answering Absolutely. the question. Yep. So I, I just wanted it. to, I know that was a long-winded thing to say just that. No, no you know, that, that's actually a really good golden nugget. And, and I do do that too, but I found myself wanting to be like, come on, stupid, just read the email, right? But you're right though, always seek to understand because it will if if and and if there's a question that gets asked multiple times, and we think that we're communicating it, but they're still asking the question, then somehow a, a major. And by the way, if you get three or four, that must mean there's eight or ten that didn't even bother to ask, sure. right? So, um, but maybe we're not clarifying it. Like I would say to my daughter, I go, Kiara, what the heck, you know, um, what is this? I can't believe it. What did I just say? Does it make? She go, Dad, it's confusing the way you wrote it. You, you know, just the way you, the way you worded it, I could see how people are confused. And in my head and my dialogue and your dialogue, it's perfectly clear. Right. So we have to be better at that. And I love that when you said the onboarding upstreaming, right. L knowing what's happening in the future so that we could fix it now. And, and by the way, since I started and after I read that book and, and, you know, the upstream uh, book, I, I went in and we did a lot of onboarding changes I get less questions than ever. And it seems that the majority of the people, majority of them, not all of them, because some of them, no matter what you send them and how you send it, they're not going to read it. Right. But uh, the majority of people understand. Well, I, I had a, a health assessment last night with a potential, you know, health client and um, she decided to get on board. And so I just asked her the question. I said, now, um, I'm going to ask you this question. I just need your honest answer, not the answer you feel like you you I, you should give me. I just need your honest answer. Mm -hmm. I said I need you. I need you to tell me how you want me to coach you. And here's the question: Do you want me to, um, you know, when things are tough, you're having a difficult time or whatever it is? Do you want me to be open and honest with you? And do you want me to, um, you know, 
not lay the hammer down, but basically say, Hey, look, this is what needs to happen in order, in order to change this. Yeah. Or do you want me to be kind and compassionate, kind of steer you in the right direction and hope that you get it? Like, right. how do you want me to coach you? Right. And she goes, Dwayne, I'm a straight shooter. You just shoot it to me straight. If I don't like it, I'll tell you. I said, great. I said, I'm a straight shooter. Ruin, get along well. Yeah. <laughs> oh. I wonder how many people say that though. And then once they, you're on them, like I, I had the same situation with a girl uh, in my dojo. She's a phenomenal student. And I kept asking her to compete in a tournament. I think I might've mentioned this a few weeks back. And um, she kept saying, no, oh, no, the next one, the next one, the next one. And finally I said, listen, I, I don't want to push you and push you away. So should I give up asking because you keep turning me down and I don't want to be that guy that you're going to get mad at and eventually quit. I'd rather keep you as a student. She said, no, no, no. I need for you to push me. So I said, okay, then you have to compete in this next tournament. And she did. And she took three first place trophies. Oh gosh. And yeah. So it's amazing. And so proud of herself. I saw her on her social media with the trophies, taking pictures when she got home with her family. So, um, it depends on the person, right? Sometimes if we push them too hard, but I love that you asked the question. Um, and that's another good question to ask clients where, how do you like to be communicated to? You know, you know, do you like text? Do you like email? Do you like phone calls only? Do you like in-person meetings? Maybe if we could get more of our students and know exactly how they communicate, we would have better communication with our, you know, a larger majority of our people. Yeah, I, but I would put a parameter on that. And here's, here's what I mean by that. One, I think it's you, you as the school owner need to tell them um, how you are mostly going to communicate to them. Right. And how you expect them to communicate to you. So for instance, and I've said this on before in our podcast, but obviously we have Spark as our, um, you know, CRM and we use the app, uh, you know, the free app. And you can do push notifications through that and your students can communicate to you back and forth, you know, right. not in a group text, but just communicate back and forth. And so one, we tell them, you know, the fastest, easiest and best way for you to communicate your questions to us is via the app. Get hmm. on the app, send us a message. And our program director and our instructor, head instructor, both know that the app communication is primary. So anytime right. you have an app communication, you get to that first. Mm -hmm. Somebody texts you, that's secondary. Somebody emails you, that's third. So right. we have actual order of importance yeah. with that. And so I, I preface that by saying, this is how we are going to communicate to you or mm -hmm. we, how, how we want you to communicate to us. Right. And the reason that and you know this is, is the push notifications and communication through the app is free. Yeah. Emails are free. I get it. But text messages are not right. And so we're going to, you know, first set that up. And then like you said, now when we do mass communications, what is the best way that you like to receive updates on what's happening here at TriStar Martial Arts Academy? Is it, and then we only give them three to pick from, is it the push notifications through the app, text right. messaging or emails? Mm -hmm. I'm not going to even give them Facebook messenger or Instagram right. messenger, none of that stuff as an option. So we create right. those parameters and then ask them to choose 
all three, one of the three, two of the three, whatever, out of those parameters. Because, right. you know, quite honestly, all those other ones are way too much, if that makes yeah. sense. It totally does. And and by the way, um, I think that one thing with Spark that I've figured out and I hear more and more often is that people think that the text messaging that we do with our clients is open forum. So for some reason, they don't realize like if we sent them a message that says, Hey, this Friday classes are canceled. They won't. I'll have people that I'll say, uh, Hey, Mrs. Jones, your credit card didn't go through. Can I be of help? They will text me on my cell phone and say, Hey, try the card again. And I'll say to them, why didn't you just respond to the text message? They think that everyone sees it. It's a group message. Or I've not had that. Yeah, I I've had there are people that think that, and then I just don't know it. Yeah, I have. It's new. I just had it happen to me yesterday again, where mom's mm-hmm. called me and spoke to me, and I said, and she was texting me on my phone, and I said, you know, you could text me on. I had just texted her on Spark, and she texted me on my phone. I'm like, you could text me on Spark. Oh, I didn't know that that was private. Like, you know, so it's a weird assumption that because it's a general number, everyone gets to see it. Sure. Sure. Yeah. I guess maybe I need to put that in there somewhere where we need to clarify that. I just, I want them to do it on the app. Right. Right. Exactly. That's what we try to get them to do, but clear as kind. I mean, that's just what it comes down to. You you said that and I have it written down. Uh, Clear as kind right there. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You wrote I wrote it down. That and it's true though, like because I think that will eliminate any kind of miscommunication where people could get angry because they didn't know what you your intention was, what your why your rules were in place, why you do what you do. Like if people understood that we have a rule for uniforms, it's not just so that we can sell uniforms and have you wear what we want. you learn X, Y, and Z from it. I think when you're able to take a rule and turn it into a benefit and explain it to the student or the client of why it's good for them, that changes everything. Yeah. Because us yelling at them. Right. Well, there's a reason why, you know, and most people, Mm -hmm. when they understand whether they agree with the reason or not, as, as long as they understand that there's a reason and, and it's reasonable, then I think that's it's okay. Yeah. Now, if they don't want to be reasonable, even though the rules are reasonable, that's their problem. Right, right. And I have that too, where I have a family where the dad goes out and buys stuff that's not, it's aftermarket crap and he's not supposed to, but he does. And then he says, yeah, I, I try to order that. You know, I waited for six months. I'm like, just the other day, this kid's wearing a pair of pants with these blue logos on it. I'm like, you can't wear those pants in our school. Well, I was waiting for six months. You know, I'm like, you never asked me once. I see you almost, you know, once a week, if not twice. You never once asked me about pants. I have them in the closet right now in inventory. Don't tell me that. So he can't wear those in class. So, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. And wouldn't it be nice? Honestly, be honest with me. Wouldn't it be nice when somebody lies to you right in your face like that and say, you know what? I don't accept liars here. Yeah. Take your kid. Get out of here. Yeah. Like you don't want to penalize the kid, but boy, wouldn't you like to body slam the adult? I do. And there's that frustration there. And, and but I, you know what, over the years I've gotten accustomed to it. Like it's, it's not, I've, I learned to tolerate it. Right. And I, I say to myself, like, you know, I, I, this is part of what we deal with. It's frustrating, but it's part of life. 
That's why I often say to my wife, I'm watching a, I'm watching this great video on YouTube where this guy disappears for three years and no contact with anyone. And he builds this gorgeous log cabin from scratch. He's got no, no power tools, just axes and hammers. And he built him and his dog. I'm like, I want to do that. Just me, you and the dog and my daughter, you know, that kind of thing. But it's like, just to not have to deal with all the struggles of life and the bill. This is with school owners too. I mean, I feel bad for everybody out there, but in general, when you run a business, you have, you have your, you know, your bills, your taxes, your insurances, you know, the advertising and marketing and employees. It's not easy. I think that people think we're running to the bank with bags of money, like Scrooge McDuck and that Disney cartoon swimming through all the gold in his vault. They think that we're self-employed. We must be loaded. They don't realize the amount of struggles and frustrations and stress and anxiety that we have on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. Or even just the costs that are, that are associated with owning a business. You know, it's, there's a lot of costs. Now, don't get me wrong. We can make great livings uh, doing it. Um, And if you know how to save, invest and buy real estate, uh, you can make a wonderful living. You know what I mean? Uh, That that type of stuff. But uh, other than that, you know, you can be making a lot of money and still be broke. Yeah. That's why I do believe that, um, People are so stressed. That's why violence and robbery and murder and, you know, all these things are so high nowadays is because people are so stressed. You know, every day you struggle so much to just make ends meet. And, and you know, it seems like you're swimming upstream continuously. I, I mean, I personally and you do, Dwayne, we think of a solution and we find our way out of it. You and I find those things, but not everyone has the wherewithal and mindset to be able to do that. And they're like kind of like almost up to their noses in in water, treading every single day of their lives. It, it gets to be like that movie with Michael Douglas falling down or something. Oh, I think was called, yeah. where he just one day snaps because everything is going bad. He loses his wife. He loses his job. And, you know, and then other movie with Gerard Butler recently, I forget what it was, where some guy, he's a crazy guy, and some lady or guy starts trouble with him on the road and road rages with him, the wrong person, and he just goes nuts. I, I want to push back a little bit with what you said, and here's kind of what I mean. Um, yes, you know, bills are high, people are, don't have jobs, just all of those things, and, 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 and quite honestly, that is stressful. But mm-hmm. you look back during the Depression, and you didn't have that type of violence. You didn't have that type of... Uh, uh, inhumanity happening when you yeah. had the majority of people yeah. feeling all of that pain. So there's more than just the fact that, you know, things are high priced or you're not making right. enough money to make ends meet. There's, there's a morality factor that no is gone Yeah, compared to back in the twenties uh, yeah. that, you know, during the, um, during the depression. So, um, and, and nobody is willing to discuss opposing views. Right. Yeah. We're just not, we're not right. willing. To, I'm not, you know, if, if I was on the left and you were on the right, it would be like, I am, I will not listen to what you have to say about your ideology, because I think absolutely no matter what you say, you're 100% wrong. And, right. and if you're way on the right and you believe the same thing about me on the left, then then you're not. E- we're like, we can't even have a discussion. 
Yeah. At all. And that's where yeah. we're at nowadays. Is I hate I hated that. I'm not bringing up politics, but I watched the CNN uh, tr- town hall with President Trump. What a, whether you like him or not, that's not the point of this comment. But I was so annoyed at the interviewer. She wasn't interviewing. She was accusing. She wasn't interviewing. She was debating. She wasn't interviewing. She was interrupting him. And I was so furious. I'm like, when did that, by the way, who would ever act like that as an interviewer with a president? I don't care who the president was, you know, like who would, who had the right to do that? Um, and it was frustrating to me because what that showed me, what bothered me, my, my wife and daughter, like, you can't get frustrated. I'm like, I'm not mad at anything to do with Trump. I, I could care less about that stuff. I'm mad that people think they have the right to be disrespectful in that way. She could have interviewed and did the, a great interview and asked tough questions, but she was just rude and interrupting and debating. And that was not her job. And I find that people are like that in general nowadays where people, it's hard to get people to really truly understand. Like if we're trying to help their kid, and give them a suggestion on how do they, they could be more disciplined or whatever, like bring your uniform, make sure you prepare it ahead of time, blah, blah, blah. It's like going in one ear and out the other. Sometimes I get these blank stares. Like you, you didn't hear a word I said, did you? Like that kind of thing. Yeah. Well, there's, there's no, st- the, I shouldn't say there's no, there's not many people that have standards um, mm. a- a- anymore. Yeah. And with regards to that whole interview, um, her pushbacks were, were very, um, lazy. Yeah. Very lazy. Um, they were quite confrontational with those pushbacks. I agree. Um, where they could have been inquisitive. She could have boxed him into a hole. So when he, you know, had brought up about, um, you know, the rigged election, right. She could have just plainly said, I understand from your point of view, that it was a rigged election, but you have yet to, uh, you know, come up with any, any facts, anything to back it up that a court of law would, would say that, yes, it was rigged. Right. Now, are you saying that you have uncovered some of those? And if yes, um, when do you plan on, like, you see where I'm yeah. going with that. She, she yeah. could have crafted those messages differently that would have had cornered him in right. now. He, of course, would have gotten out of that corner by not answering the question. Right. That's what politicians do. Trump does it. Biden, do, everybody does it. Right. Yeah. Um, it would be refreshing if, a, if, a, if, if somebody would answer the question without, right. you know, jumping through hoops on certain things. Yeah. So but the other part of that is, you know, how you win an argument very, very quickly anymore is, you know, you define who that other person is right out of the gate. Right. You know, so they're homophobic or they're uh, this phobic or they're transphobic or whatever. Yeah. They're racist. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and so there's no debating anymore because the um, one side or the other has, you know, already established the fact that you can't debate with someone who is a, and then fill in the blank, whatever is they are. They used to do that when I was in elementary school. It's very much the same saying now. It's, I know you are, but what am I? (laughs) (laughs) 
yeah, but they're not even asking, what am I? Yeah. It's just, I know yeah. you are, so that's why we yeah, can't. Exactly. But that's kind of <laughs> like that accusatory, immature type thing. And it's a sad world we live in where people, people are shortchanging themselves by not being so open-minded um, you know, to, to all the different possibilities, like, and, you know, and that's why I had a mom, I had a great conversation with a mom yesterday as well, who is, uh, the kid has ADD and they haven't been coming to class and the mom wanted to put the membership on hold. And I said, listen, why don't we do this? Why don't we just total up all the time that you've missed at the very end, but still try to come. Cause if I say, put the membership on hold, you're going to not come for the next two months, let's say. I said, I'd rather have you come in and out a few times once a week or once every other week, just so you keep your feet wet and stay in the game. I said, or else we're going to lose the child's interest whatsoever, uh, totally, right? And I said, by the way, I don't understand why you brought him here because he has issues with ADD and you're not coming to classes regularly because you're busy. Maybe you need to prioritize at least one or two days a week for 45 minutes only for him to come because he was really showing some good results. So quite often we have to, we have to talk to the parents and help them with their decision-making because they're doing it with the best of their knowledge. Sometimes their knowledge is not really what they need. They need help from others. Yeah. Well, doesn't that go back to, you know, you don't know what you don't know. Right. Of yeah. course. And a, a, a child with ADD needs structure. I mean, any child needs structure, but a child right. with ADD needs structure. The autistic child that you brought up before, yeah. they need structure. They need to know every Monday and Wednesday at 4.30, they're going to karate and they're looking right. forward to that structure. Now, whether or not right. they're looking forward to class, that's right. a different thing, but they know, you know, like, yeah. so I, I, I talked to a parent and uh, this, this child is a high functioning aut uh, autistic child. She mm -hmm. said, I have a hard time getting him to class, but once he's there, he has a blast. Right. And I wasn't, I wasn't trying to uh, rhyme, but that did. Uh, so, but anyways, uh, you know, he, look, he, I said, so here's a couple of ideas. Number one is what's the layover on time after he gets out of school compared to when you're going to go to karate. And she says, well, there's about a half an hour period. I said, great. I said about five, 10 minutes before it's time to, to get ready to go to karate. I said, I want you to give him a, a chore, a chore right. that he hates doing. And then yeah. you're going to interrupt the chore and say, hey, Johnny, and that's not really his name, but hey, Johnny, uh, I need you to get your karate clothes on. Stop the task. I need you to get, I know, I know you want to complete the task, Johnny, but I need right. you to stop it so we can go to karate. Of course, he right. didn't want to, he didn't want to do the task in the first place. Mm -hmm. And then boom, you know, get him to class. I said, and then if you have to get to this point, all you do is just sit down and say, you know what, Johnny, I just want you to understand something about the martial arts. We're a martial arts family. This is what we do. This right. is what you do. And this is who you are. Mm -hmm. You are a martial artist. So every Monday and Wednesday at 4.30, we are going to class. Whether you feel like going or not, unless you're sick, but whether you feel like going or not, you're going to go because we are a martial arts family. Yeah. And she goes, wow, I like that. Yeah, <laughs> so I love it. Yeah. So we're almost out of time. You and I chatted for like ever and uh, on so many different topics. But overall, I think we were like frustrated a little, our, either one of us in different areas today. And, you know, I, I think that everyone out there, if I could give one bit of advice, it would be that you're not alone. Uh, if you're feeling a specific way, if you're hurt, your feelings are hurt because of 
something that happened within your studio, the way a parent or a student acted, or you're frustrated with someone quitting and, and so on. There are so many other martial artists out there. Now, the one thing I can say, which kind of annoys the crud out of me, is sometimes on these forums, everyone is a positive motivational speaker, right? They're not being truthful, you know? And I usually, I'm the guy who's a little bit truthful and I'm like, yeah, it does suck sometimes, you know, when a student does this. Yeah, it does suck waking up and running to school and having a parent being nasty or getting a bad review or struggling with non-payments or someone who wants to quit. All of those things suck. And you really need to try to find some people to surround yourself with that you could chat with. We, we today, literally just at my breakfast meeting, there was six of us. We just talked and laughed and just getting together. We're all martial artists. And we really didn't specifically talk about how do you do this or how do you do that? We just TV shows we watch, you know, stupid things that happen. We joke, we make fun of, we tell old stories. So you, people need that in their lives, you know, and oh, definitely look for that. Absolutely. Yeah. And if you want real, I mean, this is about as real as you're going to get, you know, yeah. I mean, there's some things that we just can't say on air just because I don't think that they're appropriate. Right. Um, you know, and I've shared with you some of my other struggles, even in the past where mm -hmm. I've had things happen that should have closed us down. Right. Um, you know, but I just, I don't feel that they're, they're appropriate to be on the air. You right. Know what I'm saying, and by um, the way, just for clarity, all good, not good things, but things that had nothing to do with you, like, you oh, know, right. like you had nothing inappropriate or anything like that. Like you, it was things that we were, and, and yeah. again, I wasn't yeah. accused of molesting someone. Right. If that's yeah, what yeah. You're yeah. Like thrust upon us though, from like whoever, like, you know, yes. uh, you know, whatever the case may be. And, and again, that's where it's always good. Like you and I are great with talking to each other. Like Dwayne, I'm down. I'm not feeling motivated. Uh, you know, what would you do in this particular situation? And you give me your opinion and I try to do the same back for you. And, uh, oh, you, you, do. Know, you do. Yeah. It's funny. My good friend, John Gaston once told me, he said, Ali, I went through a very dark time in my life at a way back, you know, 20 something years ago, um, for a small period of time. And, uh, he said, you helped me. And I'm like, I don't even remember doing that. Like, I don't even, I don't even remember him struggling. I just remember us talking as friends and like that. So sometimes you just never know when your, you know, your friend is in need of an ear or just speaking to a positive person on the under end of the phone or on Facebook or on texting. Sometimes it means everything. Oh gosh. Yeah. Yeah. And I know, I think last, our last call, we talked about this, but, you know, you do need to surround yourself with uh, individuals that are going to uplift you. They don't always have to be in the martial arts, but you need to have some sort of mastermind. You really, really do. Yeah. Um, and I'm not talking about going to pay for one. I mean, although that's good too, but, but if I could clarify mastermind really quick is a, uh, a group of individuals, it could just be one extra person, you know, you and one other person, but up to whatever, I wouldn't go very, very high, but a group of people that have a, that are like minded. And when yeah. I say like minded, I just, I don't mean that they agree with you all the time. That's not what mm -hmm. I'm talking about, but right. you know, when you get together, uh, the juices are flowing that you, mm -hmm. you, you really could almost finish, finish each other's sentences. sandwiches. Sandwiches. No, no. <laughs> uh, yeah. But you could, but really you, you're so synergistic when you get together that I mean, that's the mastermind person or people that you want to be 
around because that's when things can really start to happen in your life yeah. uh, with regards to that. So, and you know what, you know, what else is life about? Like, you know, you look at it, we work hard every day to try to pay the bills, to make money, to save for the future. Um, what's our purpose? Like, what's our, why, why do we do it? And friends and family make all the difference in the world. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, unfortunately, you don't get to pick your family all the time. Right. Uh, you can pick your friends. Correct. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So, and, and sometimes you can't get rid of them. <laughs> yeah. Well, you can't get rid of your family, but right, right. friends you can get rid of. <laughs> yep. Exactly. Hey, right, you know what? Right. I, 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 as you say that, I, I just thought about this. Um, what if, and kind of mull it over and let me know, but what if on our next podcast, uh, we talk about boundaries. Okay. You know, personal boundaries, yes, but business boundaries uh, as well. Because I think there's some dynamics that we can share, um, you know, with that. Yeah. If, if that makes sense. Totally does. I, I love it. I think in my book, Martial Art Business 101, there's a whole chapter on rules. We've talked about this before boundaries and rules that you set up ahead of time. So if someone says, Hey, how do I get my money back? Well, here's, these are the rules of what we do. And this is how we handle that process. And, you know, what if we miss classes and, and it has all of that stuff. So I think that'd be a great podcast. Let's definitely do it. Sounds good, my friend. All right. Awesome. You have a great day, Dwayne. Always good seeing you. I'll talk to you real soon. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Martial Arts School Learner Talk Podcast. This would not be possible if it weren't for the support of our amazing sponsors. Please check out Elite Insights for all your website needs. They can be reached at EliteInsights.com. Add health coaching, helping school owners create a new and easy to implement revenue stream for your school. Visit AdHealthCoaching.com. Lead Hunter Media, your online digital marketer and content provider. Visit LeadHunterMedia.com. Academy Kings Growth Consulting and Management Group. They can be reached at academykings.com. And Spark Membership, hands down the best martial arts software for school owner management on the planet. They can be reached at sparkmembership.com. We will see you next time.